Up next, Authentically Detroit sits down with author Tanisha D. Brignoni to discuss her book, Pimpat Chronicles, A Modern Black Woman's Guide to Dating Safely and Navigating These Mean Streets. But first, this week's hot take from Bridge Detroit. Michigan inflation relief checks. Whitmer seeks $180 per taxpayer. Keep it locked. Authentically Detroit starts after these messages. Founded in 2021, the Stoudemire is a membership-based community recreation and wellness center centrally located on the east side of Detroit. Membership in the Stoudemire is available on a sliding scale for up to $20 per year or 20 hours of volunteer time. The Stoudemire offers art, dance, and fitness classes, community meetings and events, resource fairs, pop-up events, the neighborhood tech hub, and more. Members who are residents of the east side have access to exclusive services in the wellness network. Join today and live well, play well, be well. Visit ecndetroit.org. Bridge Detroit is your news and engagement platform that is telling the stories of Detroiters rooted by community priorities. Started in 2020 by Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Stephen Henderson, the newsroom has already established its footing as the go-to source for hyper-local perspectives that ask the hard questions, brings accountability, and searches out real solutions. It's free to become a member of this award-winning news organization. Visit BridgeDetroit.com today to sign up to receive the news delivered right to your inbox. Bridge Detroit. By Detroiters. For Detroiters. Orlando, we just want to let you know that the views and opinions expressed during this podcast episode are those of the co-hosts and guests and not their sponsoring institutions. Now, let's start the show. Hello, Detroit and the world. Welcome to another episode of Authentically Detroit, broadcasting live from the WDET studios. We are a content partner to BridgeDetroit.com. I'm Orlando Bailey and my co-host Donna has the day off, so I'm flying solo, but you are still in good hands. We want to thank you for listening in and supporting our efforts to build a platform of authentic voices for real people in the city of Detroit. We want you to like, rate, and subscribe to our podcast on all platforms. And today, we're recording at WDET with Tanisha Brignoni, author of Pimpette Chronicles, a modern black woman's guide to dating safely and navigating these mean streets. Tanisha, welcome to Authentically Detroit. Thanks for having me, Orlando. I am very excited to be here. I'm excited to be in conversation and to be in space with you. I love the energy that you give off. Your aura is amazing. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. How's this blessed day finding you? Oh, it's been wonderful. It's been peaceful. And I've just been chilling, getting ready to come down here and talk to you, which I am actually a fan of yours. I'm just very excited. So oh, if gosh. I get a little goofy, just look over me. <laughs> if I get a little goofy, because y'all need to see the cover of this book. First of all, the name, the Pimp at Chronicles but uh, we're going to get into it. Tanisha, thank you for coming on. We're so excited to have you. When we got the release, we were like, oh, we got to do this. Like, this <laughs> has to happen. Um, and so we're excited. Y'all, uh, send a prayer up for Donna. She had to take the day off, but she will be back with us next week. So we're going to go ahead and get into the hot takes where we run down some of the week's top headlines in the city of Detroit. And for hot takes, 
Michigan Inflation Relief Checks. Whitmer seeks $180 per taxpayer. Would you take the extra $180, Tanisha? Absolutely. I know I would, too. <laughs> it's pocket change. I can do a lot with that. <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine today. His name is uh, Yusuf Shakur. I don't know if you know Yusuf. Yes. He's like, man, what's going on? I'm like, hey, homie, nothing but the rent, man. Like, the <laughs> eggs is high, rent high, everything is due. It's the beginning of the month. Where where the check at? Right. So, Whitmer is going to send a check every minute. Michigan tax filer will get a $180 check from the state this year as part of a plan pitched by Governor Gretchen Whitmer and fellow Democrats. In an appearance Monday, Whitmer unveiled the one-time proposal. It's a one-time proposal. I wish it could be all every year. A one-time proposal that will cost the state, catch this, $800 million just this year. She said, quote, Everyone is going to get a little relief, Whitmer said, but people that are working hard and struggling are going to get additional relief. Democrats are advocating for immediate distribution of the $180 rebates, which would be sent to the state's estimated 5 million tax filers. Ask how the administration and lawmakers came to the $180 number because, you know, I'm like, yo, just make it 200 round up round up big gretch whitmer said math <laughs> she clarified that democrats were working to have a targeted impact on people that needed the most help while also heading call or heeding the call for broader relief and she said this as we looked across what we could do that would be helpful to people this was going to be the biggest way that we could really make a difference in people's lives one time 180 dollar checks are telling me that this is tax relief. Have you ever been a taxpayer? This is some opposition, right? That's Representative Andrew Fink. He's a Republican out of Hillsdale. He wrote in a social media post, the debate comes as Michigan has a surplus of about $9 billion and families are struggling with inflation, which peaked at 9.1% in June of 2022. So, a hundred and eighty. Well, I cannot say eighty today. A hundred and eighty eighty dollar checks from the state of Michigan. I'll take it. Right. I'll take it. Any free money is good money. Any free money <laughs> is good money. And you know what? It, and it's not extra money. Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking. My 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 cousin put on a financial seminar, and he was like, "You know what? There's no such thing as extra money. Mm-hmm. Every piece of what you think is extra money needs to be allocated towards something." Right. I already figured out where I'm spending mine. At. You know what? <laughs> the grocery store. Have you seen the price of eggs lately, Tanisha? Oh my God. I'm just like, this is this is crazy. And so this is going. I think you know, for for some of us, a hundred. $180. Hey, yeah, I'll take it. But uh, for, I believe, the average Detroit family making maybe about $27,000 a year and it's four and five people in that household, mm-hmm. this $180 could be a huge difference maker. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it is um, I think it is incumbent upon our state and local officials to see the least of us Mm -hmm. in that way. Right. Right. And so I understand. But, you know, on the flip side, you know, the uh, representative Andrew Fink is like one time one hundred and eighty dollar checks. Are you telling me this is tax relief? You sound mad, Representative Fink. You need it more. Right. Why can't we just have the little one hundred and eighty dollars without him complaining? But you know what? When we were talking about, you know, uh, uh, a rebate. 
and we're talking about tax tax rebates and stuff like that. Republicans, including like the leader of the Republican Party and the person of Donald Trump, get tax relief every year because they don't pay any. Absolutely, y'all Absolutely. don't pay taxes. Absolutely. Y'all get around having to pay real taxes every single year, and when there is a proposal to help people. Uh, offset some some hardship the people that pay taxes so you don't pay so you don't have to pay taxes uh you mad about it okay <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's it's expensive to be poor and it kind of sounds Ooh. like they just want us to kind of like stay there yeah you know so that they can not pay taxes but you know that's just my opinion Tanish, how many people you know gonna use could use a hundred hundred and eighty dollars from the state right now uh, i don't know anyone who could not use a hundred and eighty dollars <laughs> our audio engineer will is pointing to himself like i could use a hundred and eighty dollars yes you know so there is there is you know uh places where that money can go and uh uh, you know, big ups to every single family that is really doing their best to uh, try to try to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, folks uh, in the city of Detroit are struggling. There are a lot of things coming at us at once. Um, there was a, a stat that was presented to me uh, yesterday that, you know, a significant percentage of Americans are going to default on their auto loans by the fourth month of 2023, right? Mm-hmm. Inflation is kicking our butts mm-hmm. and the Federal Reserve thinks they can solve inflation by continually raising rates. So the Fed just raised rates like uh, a week and a half ago mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. Right. And so families are are really feeling that pinch. And so one hundred and eighty bucks. Uh, should it be more? Could it be more? Yeah, I think it could be more out of a nine billion dollar yeah, surplus. That sounds because like a drop in the bucket. It is a drop in the bucket because how much are corporations going mm-hmm. to be getting? Right. Right. Donna, if Donna were here, she talks about, you know, uh, corporate citizenship and like people citizenship and how corporations are taken more seriously as citizens in this country. And sometimes that is at the expense of people, especially mm-hmm. poor black people here mm-hmm. in the city of Detroit. So I don't think anybody is going to be mad about uh, a $180 check. So big ups to y'all. Hope you guys can use it. Also in hot takes, uh, our producer Sarah put this in here. So um, everybody is talking about uh, the Illich Project, District Detroit, right? And it is the area that is surrounding Little Caesars Arena. I don't know if folks remember that, but when Little Caesars Arena was proposed and they wanted all these public subsidies to actually guilt, get the arena built, what they also promised was that they would build up around it and they would create like this district where folks can live. There would be affordable housing mm-hmm. and, you know, all kinds of things and projects. Right now, all we we got around the arena are parking lots. There right. is really no district to it. And so uh, District Detroit um, last week and this week, they will be going to uh, the Detroit Brownfield Redevelopment Authority to request some Detroit Brownfield tax credits. Right. Mm-hmm. That is a form of public subsidy to be able to build, to be able to develop. Right. Mm-hmm. And so uh, the uh, Detroit Brownfield uh, re, uh, redevelopment Authority is not a democratically elected board. 
I would like to say that it's not <laughs> that it's these are not positions that citizens vote on. Mm-hmm. Like most of the authorities here mm-hmm. in the city of Detroit, like the Detroit Land Bank Authority, mm-hmm. like the Downtown Development Authority, the, the, the Detroit Brownfield Redevelopment Authority. These are all politically appointed positions. Right. And so these authorities, because of state law, have the ability to bypass a Democratic check on part of the people, the citizens Mm -hmm. of the city of Detroit, yet they have their hands on a public purse that are able to decide where our public dollars get to go in terms of development and tax captures and all of that. So District Detroit is coming in front of the Detroit Brownfield Redevelopment Authority to get some public subsidy, right? They were in front of them last week and they're going to be in front of them, I think, again this week, right? Mm -hmm. So everybody knows uh, the Detroit People's Platform, right? Right. The Detroit People's Platform, they their their slogan is uh, "Majority Black Detroit Matters," right? Mm-hmm. And so, in in a in a campaign that they are getting ready to erect to fight against the DBRA giving public subsidy to um, uh, District Detroit, uh, they circulated um, really uh, a, the board of directors. The board of they they circulated a listing of the DBRA, the Detroit Brownfield Redevelopment Authority board, mm. right? Okay. People like and I'll read I'll read you the names. Eric Dewicki, right? He's a former professor at the University of Michigan. Stephanie Washington, who's the chair, the treasurer. She's the chief of staff for the mayor's office. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ray Scott is the chairperson. He is uh, the deputy director of BC here in the city of Detroit. This is what the this is this is the listing and the affiliation that Detroit People's Platform has. I want to give a note that these positions may or may not still be. Uh, relevant. Mm-hmm. Pam McLean, executive assistant to the mayor's office of the city of Detroit. Sonia May, she's the president and CEO of Develop Detroit. John George, she's the president and CEO of Motor City Blightbusters, and he is the vice chair of this board. And Amanda Elias, she's the senior advisor of government affairs for the city of Detroit. And it has Maggie DeSantis. And this piece of collateral from the Detroit People's Platform has Maggie DeSantis as the president of Warren Connor Development Coalition, which is now doing business as Eastside Community Network, where currently my co-host Donna Givens Davidson (laughs) is the president, CEO and executive director of Eastside Community Network, also known as the Warren Connor Development Coalition. Maggie DeSantis is the founder of Warren Connor Development Coalition, and she was the president for about 30 years. But Maggie has not sat in the executive's chair at Warren Connor Development Coalition since 2016. Wow. Since 2016. Mm-hmm. And everybody at the Detroit People's Platform understands and knows that Maggie DeSantis is no longer the president CEO of Eastside Community Network or Warren Connor Development Coalition. She is not on a board. She doesn't chair any committee. Maggie essentially has no affiliation, official affiliation with Warren Connor Development Coalition, right? And so uh, if Donna were here and I won't speak for Donna, but Donna would tell you this made her very angry because number one, it 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 sh- it, it 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 unofficially affiliates 
of the the uh, the organization uh, that she is shepherding as its president CEO with this undemocratically elected board. Right mm-hmm. now, let, let's be clear. Maggie DeSantis is a dissenting vote on District Detroit, but Donna also uh, is fighting against and is uh, you know, a little peeved about that kind of erasure. Mm-hmm. Maggie DeSantis is not Donna Givens Davison. Wow. Maggie DeSantis is not the president and CEO of ECN. Maggie DeSantis is a white woman. Donna Givens Davison is a black woman, right? Mm-hmm. And so we can get into the politics and the the the, the balance of scales when we talk about the erasure of black women, mm-hmm. the erasure of the contribution of black women who have worked hard to get to where they are. Mm-hmm. And almost six or seven years later, after Maggie DeSantis sat down, uh, they decided to publish this. I don't. I don't know how uh, this wasn't caught. I, I can't. I can't understand whether or not this was a mistake or if it was intentional. But Detroit people's platform. Uh, you guys fight for some worthy causes, but I would caution you to do better. Mm, word. Is this thing on? <laughs> Do better. And I am so sure that Donna Givens Davison, when she gets back, will have so much to say about this. Now, Orlando, let me ask you this. Are you saying that they've gotten a little bit soft over the years? Because that's what I'm hearing from you. I don't know if Detroit People's Platform has gotten soft. I think that um, I think this this kind I don't I I, I, I will speculate uh, that this was intentional. That's my speculation mm-hmm. because I think, especially Linda Campbell, who is over Detroit People's Platform, Linda Campbell knows that Donna Givens Davison is the CEO mm-hmm. of Eastside Community Network, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for for them to uh, ignore that in this note or to approve that in this note uh, is injurious to the organization because it, unatten- it, 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 it intentionally attaches the organization to a project like this, mm-hmm. right? And as you as you are mounting a campaign to make sure that you uh, that people contact the board to express their dissenting opinion. Right. It kind of feels like the board needs convincing, including Maggie DeSantis, who from their collateral is the president, CEO of Warren Connor Development Coalition. And so that is, you know, a bilateral Injury to mm-hmm. the organization, whether intentional or unintentional. And just to note, Maggie DeSantis has made clear to me and others in the community development field that she is against it. And if you watched the board meeting last week, you would you would you you were able to see that she was against it. But this is just grave. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, I think that <laughs> in it's Black History Month. <laughs> Stop erasing <laughs> black women. Oh, well, please. I mean, <laughs> so much to be said about that. I'm, I'm just going to stay in my lane here. <laughs> stay in your lane. And when Donna gets back next week, I'm sure she's going to have an update and so many things uh, to to share, to share, to share about that. But, you know, when something happens to me publicly and somebody comes after me or my organization in an injurious and unfair way, Donna's mama bear pops up and she's ready to fight. For little Orlando. And so when this stuff happens to my co-host and friend, Donna Givens Davidson, I'm also ready to knock if you buck. That's right. So step it up, <laughs> People's Platform. Listen, if you have topics that you want discussed on Authentically Detroit, you can hit us up on our socials at Authentically Detroit on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can email us at AuthenticallyDetroit at gmail.com. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
Founded in 2021, the Stoudemire is a membership-based community recreation and wellness center centrally located on the east side of Detroit. Membership in the Stoudemire is available on a sliding scale for up to $20 per year or 20 hours of volunteer time. The Stoudemire offers art, dance, and fitness classes, community meetings and events, resource fairs, pop-up events, the neighborhood tech hub, and more. Members who are residents of the east side have access to exclusive services in the wellness network. Join today and live well, play well, be well. Visit ecndetroit.org. Bridge Detroit is your news and engagement platform that is telling the stories of Detroiters rooted by community priorities. Started in 2020 by Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Stephen Henderson, the newsroom has already established its footing as the go-to source for hyper-local perspectives that ask the hard questions, brings accountability, and searches out real solutions. It's free to become a member of this award-winning news organization. Visit BridgeDetroit.com today to sign up to receive the news delivered right to your inbox. Bridge Detroit. By Detroiters. For Detroiters. And we are back here at Authentically Detroit. Today, we have a very special guest joining us. Tanisha Brignoni is a creative writer and award-winning filmmaker from Detroit, Michigan. She is also the founder of the Cinematic Griot Collective. I love that. I need <laughs> We need to talk about that. And the Idlewild International Film Festival, a women's center festival that highlights diverse films by women. Tanisha earned her B.A. in Media Arts and Studies from Wayne State University, where she studied screenwriting and filmmaking with a concentration in production. Tanisha is releasing her first book, Pimpet Chronicles, a modern black woman's guide to dating safely and navigating these mean streets, which confronts the challenges faced by many black women in the new millennium, whose objective is to meet and keep and keep a compatible black Man, Tanisha, once again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Orlando. Okay, so let's get into this book. First off, I want to talk about the cover. Okay, <laughs> yes. so I, I I love I love the aesthetic. It's 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 green and white, and you're in front of a tree, uh, and you got on your Keith and James with the bloody brim hat. Uh, <laughs> Your leopard print dress, mm-hmm. uh, you got your bangle, you looking off to the side, your earrings is on fleek, your makeup is done, and you got a a, a gun holster on the thigh. That's right. You had to represent <laughs> What's Detroit. the concept? Talk to me about the concept <laughs> for the cover. Well, you know, I, I really gave it a lot of thought, and basically I just wanted to um, portray um, safety. Mm. Um, I believe in um, being empowered in, in every aspect and even in dating, and I just thought that that would be a cool way to kind of represent it, to just show a woman. I like to speak, to my, speak of myself in third party, so like I don't think of it as myself. I kind of think of it as a character. So I wanted to show um, a character who kind of represented... Um, a little bit of the pimp flair, but also just implementing the safety aspect that needs to be considered when dating. <laughs> I love that. A little bit of the pimp flair. Right. If you had to name this character, who, character, who would you name her? Because, you know, we, everybody's gearing up and talking about Beyonce. Like the dates are right. out. Right. And everybody knows Beyonce has another. She turns into this Sasha mm-hmm. Fierce character. <laughs> if we had to name this woman on this cover, what's her name? Well, she has a name. OK. Her name is Tanisha Y. <laughs> <laughs> and that is derived from my poetry um, days. I used to be a poet um, really? in Detroit. I used to do erotic poetry. And so I kind of like, she kind of evolved. Oh, yeah. I, I go way back. <laughs> 
wow. And she kind of evolved. Yeah. Tanisha Wa. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. So who who's in the studio with us today? Uh, you got a little bit of both. I got a little bit of both. You got a little okay. bit of both. I want to I wanna learn more about this uh, Cinematic Rio Collective mm-hmm. because as a storyteller, I'm always saying that the urgency of the griot is so evident right now in our society as we are reckoning with so many things and so many intersections, mm-hmm. especially when we talk about race and, you know, uh, daylighting and surfacing stories mm-hmm. that we've not told right Right, i love what nicole hannah jones is doing with the the documentary the 1619 project right i still have the original new york magazine with those essays Mm. that came out a couple years ago talk to me a little bit about that let's get into you and then we're gonna get into the book well like i just mentioned um i started out um, with poetry and um, the Cinematic Griot Collective is basically just a network of um, people who come together to curate different events. Um, I started this collective in 2019, and basically it, it, it operates like a barter system is what I like to say. So I wanted to um, curate a film festival, but I didn't really have the money for it. And so I got a lot of, because you, as you know, being a Detroiter, there are so many creative people here. Yeah. I knew so many creative people, and we all just got together and everybody lend um, their unique skills and we put together this film festival so um, my thought process was that you know you don't necessarily have to have a lot of money Mm -hmm. um, but if we all have this talent let's work together and let's put this project together and it was a successful um, film festival in 2019 where at I'm in Idlewild. In Idlewild. Yeah. And, then, you know, we had belly dancers. I would like to say it, it is actually the first hybrid film festival. Wow. So it was belly dancers. We had African drummers. We had DJs. Um, we had yoga in the morning. We had meditation. We had all these different people um, who came and donated their time and, you know, their skills. And we put together this event and it was just beautiful. Unfortunately, um, 2020 came and COVID came and it kind of just kind of threw us off. And we're trying to um, get that energy back up to bring it back in 2023. In Idlewild? Absolutely. Wow. I'm, has Idlewild figured out like... What it's going to do and be, especially with, you know, there's so much mm-hmm. interest on mm-hmm. part of black folks in Idlewild and yeah. it's it's rich history, but they haven't really figured out how to how to capture that. And I don't want to say commodify it, but mm-hmm. a- amplify it in right. a way that brings, you know, that brings resources yes. to Idlewild. Yes, this is the thing. <laughs> Idlewild um, has a lot of political challenges. You think Detroit has challenges. Um, Idlewild has a lot of political challenges where some people who are leading, and this is just me speaking from the outside, um, from what I've seen, um, probably necessarily shouldn't. I don't want to say shouldn't, but I'm going to say it. Shouldn't be the people that are leading. And they kind of... um, kind of hold up progress. And so there's a lot of red tape. And so um, for me, what I did is I actually worked around a lot of that red tape and kind of just worked um, with different people who saw the vision and we were able to put these things together without getting the grants. And, you know, I did get one grant from the state, which was very um, wonderful. Oh, but wow. Yeah, but we didn't get a lot of grants from like the township and and it was just a lot of red tape. So I, I think that's part of the problem, why it has not been able to take off, you know, and it's people come there with ideas. And sometimes you have some of the older generation pushing back. You know, they want to hold on to the history. 
Um, but we cannot live in the past is what I always say. And like there's we, a way to honor hi- history, right? Absolutely. And also evolve and move to the future. You know, so we that's the thing. So there are some people who want to do that. Then some people I've actually had people tell me, well, how did how are you calling it the Idlewild International Film Festival? You don't you know, you don't live in Idlewild and blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Um, my answer is that is that I have an LLC under Idlewild International Film Festival, so that's how I'm doing it, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I'm 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 of that nature, you know. And it is a resort town; it doesn't belong to anyone specifically. Right, it belongs right. To it's all not of like us. an incorporated, and Absolutely. it's not a, an official like incorporated city, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's, that's kind of where political that political challenge is. for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and of course we respect the history and respect the neighbors and you know and people that live there because a lot of people um, there's there's like this divide between people who live there year round and the people that come up seasonal. You know, a lot of seasonal people come from Detroit or Chicago. And so there's this divide and it just has been holding up progress for so very long. You know, so hopefully that will kind of stop. So my mom's mother is from the Mississippi Delta Mm -hmm. and my mom's dad is from Idlewild, Idlewild Baldwin. And so right now, I think our family, and I don't know when the last time they've been up there, our family has like land in Mm -hmm. Baldwin. Mm -hmm. If you don't, if situational, Baldwin is right. Right. I know where Baldwin is. They're right there. (laughs) And so, yeah, that's really cool. Have you been? You know what? I'm ashamed to say that I have not. I think I I I went when I was really young. Mm -hmm. I think my, my grandfather, when he was alive, took me because mm-hmm. um, we every time I would spend summers with him in Grand Rapids mm-hmm. um, and we would we would take road trips. And so I think I remember going one time. Right. But as a grown up, I've not. You got to take a trip up there. Yeah. A, a lot of th- it's not a lot of infrastructure. Right. But it's it feels very magical. Um, mm-hmm. I actually did not know that Idlewild was a real place until 2018 because, you know, you know about the movie Idlewild or whatever. Yeah. But I didn't know it was a real place. And Get out, are you serious? I wow. am so serious. So <laughs> I feel like I felt so slow. But uh, <laughs> a friend of mine invited me to um, what's called Summer Oasis, which is a glamping festival. It's a black glamping festival. And, you know, I had just met this lady and I was just becoming an empty nester. My kids went off to college. I was bored. And she was first off somebody lying because you don't got no kid, (laughs) no grown kid. Something in the milk ain't clean. Uh Oh, yes. You know, black don't crack. So there's that. For real. She said (laughs) kids. Okay. Yes. And so, um, you know, I got into I I love this adventure. It's like I'm like this stay at home mom type of character. And so um, I was invited to tag along and I got into this um, truck with these people I barely knew. We drove up four hours up north and stayed in um, what do you call it? Like a trailer or whatever the heck. A hitch. I forget what you call Uh, those things. Glamping. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was all these house heads and everybody Ooh, just partying outside oh my god it was so much fun but I didn't do a lot of partying I me being a filmmaker I had my camera and so I just wandered around the the, the town with my camera and just oh my god I video recorded everything and what evolved out of that was actually a short film that's called with love from Idlewild which screened at the um, free press film festival i believe in 2019 wow. and so i ended up doing a, a impromptu um, film festival that made it into like i think three or four different film festivals or film rather and it was you know it was a lot of fun but that motivated me to want to do a film festival and mm. so 
initially I was like, oh, I'm going to invite because I wanted everybody I knew to go to Idlewild. Like, oh, my God, there's black men with cowboy boots and horses. Ah. I ain't never seen, you know, I'm a city girl. I ain't never seen nothing like this, you know. And so I wanted all my friends and family to go up there. So long story Concrete short. Concrete cowboy. Man, who you telling? <laughs> long story short, um, we get to, you know, I, I decide what I'm going to do with this film. And then I was like, I'm going to do a film festival. <laughs> You know, just do a film festival and it just grew and people started sharing the Facebook page and it was just ridiculous. And next thing I knew, I was doing a three day festival up north. Never did anything like that before. Oh, wow. Good for you. <laughs> Love that story. Yeah. Let's talk about Pimp at Chronicles, yes. a modern guide, a modern black woman's guide to dating safely and navigating these mean streets. First of all, quali- qualify yourself. Talk to us about your background and why you qualify to give advice on like how to date and be good. So you you have a you have a background as a dating advisor and yeah. Talk a little bit about that. How long you been doing that? Uh well, you know, this is the thing about being a dater dating an advisor you know it's 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 not really a thing but I'm making it a thing and so to to say that it's like my friends and family come to me with advice so often that I became a dating advisor mm-hmm. like I didn't go get a certificate mm-hmm. you know like many other self-proclaimed coaches <laughs> yeah and, like um, they don't you know there's no credentials for these things let's be honest <laughs> about it and so you know I'm like you know I I get so many questions and I've dated successfully. Like I have not had a lot of bad experiences because I'm very proactive in everything that I do. And so I felt, you know, when I was um, putting together this book, um, I just felt like, you know, there isn't a guide for black women to date. Like we talk about love. We talk about relationships. We concentrate on that so much but then we hear all these horror stories and we wonder like well didn't they know this and and didn't they daddy tell them this and didn't they uncle you know everybody doesn't have that and so I started um, putting together different scenarios and stories and statistics and that's how the book evolved from there mm, so you're you're specifically talking about dating like Absolutely. not full-blown relationships and not marriage like just you know, women who are in the dating scene, yes. probably dating, you know, if you if you're like me and we're in the dating scene, I was dating. I had a date mm-hmm. on Monday with mm-hmm. this woman and another date on Thursday with this lady, right. you know, like, yeah. Well, yeah, this is the thing. Like um, we do touch on relationships. We I, I do talk about being very specific and knowing what you want before you start dating. So there's a lot of um, I guess I can call it levels. The book takes you through different mm. levels. So we start with a self analysis. Mm-hmm. Am I ready to date? That's the most important thing. You have to look at yourself before you even start dating, because if you're not um, necessarily ready, you shouldn't be dating. Mm. And so there's a lot of things that we talk about in there that kind of um, prepares the reader to um, do a self analysis. And then we go from there. Talk to me about <laughs> How you came up with the title because the title is a trip, especially especially pimpette. I'm like, how did where did that come from? I love it because you know everybody you know uh, everybody loves pimp culture, right? Mm-hmm. You know there is there there you know, you know for real there is really like a fun side of yeah. pimp culture. I mean, yeah. who didn't love hustle and flow and right, you know right. all of that? So we 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 enjoy it. Mm-hmm. 
uh, in that in in that realm, but mm-hmm. also on the flip side, pimp culture can also be really, really problematic. Right. I want to name that. Right. So talk to me about the title. Well, you know, it was derived from Cat Williams, obviously. I love Cat <laughs> Williams. He's my hero. Hope to meet him one day. And I, um, you know, I, I've always been told that I think like a man. Um, like I have a lot of male friends and, and they uh, put me up on game, you know. And so it's like I felt like <laughs> at, at a time I was considered or started being called a pimpette. So it's like you a pimpette, you know, it's, it's just it was that thing like, you know, and not that it operates in the same way that a pimp does. It doesn't. If I actually redefine what pimpette is. If you go to the Urban Dictionary, you will see my definition of what a pimpette is. And tell is. us what it is. Uh, I don't know verbatim, but oh, basically. I'm going to look it up. To the Googles. <laughs> Right, I got look the it computer up. right here. Uh oh, front street. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I felt it was important to redefine um, based on what I think a pimp ad is. All right, and so uh, <laughs> I'm looking this up because I I re- I got to see it. Pimp ad. Okay, here we go. Here we go. A okay. Here Make it sure is. it says Tanishawa. Let me see. One. Okay, Tanishawa, mm-hmm. December 7, 2022. Pimp a real queen who can get men to do things she wants and needs them to do. A powerful, fearless woman who is not afraid to assert boundaries and leave relationships that are not beneficial to her life. A woman who has multiple men in her life who assist her in making sure that her affairs are taken care of. Example, the pimpette had a man who took care of her sexual needs and another who fulfilled her emotionally. Ma, you might want to change the channel right now. Tanisha was serious. What's Tanisha was a serious pimpette who surrounded herself with men who were who were willing to assist her in making life easier. That's right. Okay, let's get into <laughs> it then. Let's get into it. I'm sorry. Uh-oh. Oh gosh. And I I'm always on Donna about making sure that her phone is off and look <laughs> at me today. She I think she will she would feel so vindicated that that happened. Um okay, let's get let's get into this. Mm-hmm. All right. So you say uh, a woman who has multiple men mm-hmm. in her life. Yeah. I Okay. So this is the thing. Having multiple men in your life does not mean that you are re- um, romantically involved with them. Mm. Okay. So I will use myself as an example. Um, I've always had really great men in my life. You know, I, I have, I've kept these um, friendships over the years being a single mother and a woman on her own, I felt like these were beneficial to me. And, you know, you don't have to break up with everybody and fall out with them. That's what people fail to realize. And especially as a woman. So I kind of end um, relationships on good terms. So if my ex-boyfriend is a mechanic, you know, and my car breaks down, then he's going to come and fix my car. If I have someone who works on homes and, you know, he's a friend of mine and he's going to come work on my home and, you know, it may be free, it may be a discounted rate. (laughs) And so, you know, this is how I've operated and I'm honest with everyone, you know, and I don't play games. And that's what that's why they started calling me a pimpette, you know, mm-hmm. and then there is there are sometimes occasions where maybe we're all sitting at a, a, a party that I'm throwing, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, with, with all respect. But everybody knows. Hey, oh, my God. You know? So, you know, I am I am imagining like this scene with Nola Darling um, <laughs> at, from She's Got to Have It, the Netflix special where she just invited all all her men <laughs> To Thanksgiving, it's like, hey, let's eat. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it is what it is, yeah. you know. But I, yeah, once they're in a the friend zone with me, once you're in a friend you, zone, you, you can't friends. get out you of it. You just, you know, Ooh, no, no coming back from mm, the friend zone. Right. 
let's talk about the process because it's not only like a book of stories, mm-hmm. but it's also a guide. Mm-hmm. Talk about the process of writing this book. Oh, that was interesting. Like, literally, I did not know that I could write a book. I'm going to be completely honest. I went to school for screenwriting and I had no interest in writing a book ever in life. Mm. And I used to have people um, tell me, oh, you're going to write a book one day. I was like, who's going to sit down and put all those words together, you know? Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> um, I actually started a, a Facebook private group because I like to be a little ratchet sometime on Facebook, but I don't want everybody to know that. And so I had a private group with like maybe a hundred of my closest Facebook friends and we share memes and, and talk smack. And, you know, then it started getting serious. And so we started talking about dating a little bit and, you know, then the, the conversations just, I started doing polls, you know, it just was levels to this whole thing. And then it became, I started thinking like, wow, what if I put all this together and created a dating guide, you know, mm. because no one has done a dating guide for a black woman. I don't even think there's really a really good dating guide that's um, does not focus on safety. There isn't safety. And you said the modern black woman. That's I right. want to talk to you about who that modern black mm-hmm. woman is. When we come back, we're going to take a quick break more with Tanisha Brignoni when we come back. Have you always dreamed of being on the airwaves? Well, the Detroit Eastside Engage Podcast Network, or DEEP for short, is here to make that dream a reality. Located inside the Stoudemire, the DEEP Network offers studio space and production staff to help get your podcast idea off the ground. Doesn't take a whole lot of work to get started. Just visit the Authentically Detroit page at ecn-detroit.org or call Sarah at 313-948-0344. Bridge Detroit is your news and engagement platform that is telling the stories of Detroiters rooted by community priorities. Started in 2020 by Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Stephen Henderson, the newsroom has already established its footing as the go-to source for hyper-local perspectives that ask the hard questions, brings accountability, and searches out real solutions. It's free to become a member of this award-winning news organization. Visit BridgeDetroit.com today to sign up to receive the news delivered right to your inbox. Bridge Detroit, by Detroiters, for Detroiters. All right, welcome back to Authentically Detroit. We are here with author of The Pimpette Chronicles, a modern black woman's guide to dating safely and navigating these mean streets. Tanisha Brignoni. Tanisha, tell me about this modern black woman. Who is she? Okay, uh, <laughs> the modern black woman, the modern black woman has more power mm. than she has ever had. Okay, so um, black women in the United States are the most educated group. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have that. Um, so black women are making their own money. Mm-hmm. They're choosing when and by whom they're having children by, which is a game changer. So basically, we have more options which equates to power Mm. um women nowadays especially the younger women i'm still kind of old school so but i i am at that middle age where you know i can see um learn from the elders and also the younger people Mm -hmm. um so what happens is that women are dating very similar to what men have dated like for decades Mm. they have um they're being very strategic in terms of who they have children by, mm-hmm. um, what type of lifestyle they're leading, 
and it, it's it's kind of it's kind it's a lot different. So I feel like um, basically it's caused some conflict because men have had it so good for so long, especially black men. What do you mean when we had it so good? Oh well, here we go. So yeah. <laughs> basically, no, no, no. no I, yeah. I I feel like um, for men now we. It's so many levels to this. Let me see if I can just sum it up. I wish Donna was here for this. (laughs) So, you know, we had the crack epidemic and we had um, a lot of our men thrown into jail for decades for small, petty crimes Mm -hmm. that has affected our community. And so what has happened is that the standards kind of were lowered. So if you weren't in jail or did you got what was left over? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And, And the funny thing about a lot of those men who went to prison were intelligent you know they weren't stupid men they were they were making money you know and then you had these residual dudes left behind you know I, that's <laughs> it is what it is and so <laughs> the women um you know they're all kind of like started competing over these guys and they they developed men developed this inflated ego you and know? we're talking about black men specifically Unfortunately, yes. Because you're talking, about, you're talking about a modern black woman who wants to date a black man. That's right. Okay. That's right. So Keep that's going. what that's what affected our community. And okay. and black women um, historically have always um, what we call, I hate to say it like this, they date down. You know, like other groups don't necessarily date down. Like I, I have friends who may be very educated and they will d- still date a man that doesn't have a degree or isn't educated, um, who doesn't make as much money. Other groups don't necessarily do that, and they do not encourage their children to do that. It's, and so the upward mobility in our community um, is not the same, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and from what I've noticed in you know my community growing up in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's what I mean. So for modern women, um, that presents a problem. Mm. So I'll use this as an example. And I use this example a lot of times. So basically, um, if I have a lot of money and I have a beautiful house and a nice car and I'm dating a guy who, you know, is just, you know, working a regular job. He doesn't have a nice car and I move him in and I'm letting him drive my car and I'm letting him live in my house. And he he's has access to all these things that he's not accustomed to. And then I decide, hey, I don't I don't really want to be with him. You know, someone who is taken out of a poverty situation and, and put into more of a middle class or upper middle class situation is not going to necessarily want to go back into that poverty without a fight, you know. So that is where we come into a lot of the um, intimate partner violence situations because I've heard. And that's a theme in the book, the intimate partner violence. Yes. Yes, yeah, it okay. is. Um, so um, basically I've grown up, I've seen a lot of situations like that where women who, you know, were kind of doing very well for themselves and they pick up a brother, you know, all they women, <sighs> black women are so, um, what's the word for it? We're just so loving and compassionate, but we're never portrayed that way. Like I've seen women pick up someone who <laughs> they probably shouldn't even had a conversation with and see the good in him. Oh, he just needs this net and kind of like try to build a bear dude type of deal. <laughs> and then, you know, when it, when it falls apart, a lot of times those dudes are angry because they don't want to go back to, you know, what the, how they were living before. So that's that's where that evolved from. Mm. So are you are you seeing um, an adjustment on part of some of, you know, of the caveman generation mm-hmm. um, and the generation that's up and coming, the millennial generation and the Gen Z generation sort of adjusting to 
uh, you know, sort of rise to the occasion and mm-hmm. meet this modern black woman where she is, or do we still got work to do? I think. Now, see, this is what I love about the thirty-something dudes because I'm not ashamed. I can date a thirty-something, thirty-five-year-old okay. dude. Okay. Mm-hmm. They Say are less. right. <laughs> so they are evolving. Like, but don't talk to your drunk uncles and your your you know, don't <laughs> don't get advice from them. Because those women don't exist anymore. Like the 30 some year old women are cut. Let me tell you <laughs> right. Something. Exactly. Let me tell you about them goods over there. Nah, unk, don't tell me anything. And so that's that's what I but I see. But I see that a lot of the men that are, you know spiritually aware you know a lot of guys are getting therapy that are in their 30s or you know younger I, i'm in therapy see what i'm saying I've but the 40 something 50 some year old dudes they you I mentioned therapy to them i nope. ain't crazy Mm-mm. exactly mm, what's good and so so yeah i feel that there's hope um with that but then we have our incels which are the dudes that played too many video games growing up you know we got those in y'all group too i it's, love video games and it's not wrong with that up. but you still went out and talked to women and you still but some of them yeah. didn't you know some of those dudes did not talk to women yeah and so they're they're those are the cavemen those are the modern cavemen they don't know how to communicate with women they they don't know how to connect they're not emotionally there mm. so that's the problem like we have all these different <laughs> things going on because different categories we just evolved too fast you Mm. know social media changed the way that we date entirely too fast and it changed the way that we communicate people don't know how to have the the kinds of conversations that you and i are having right Mm -hmm. now face to face absolutely and that's a line from the book it changed the way we communicate and you haven't even read it yet listen i want (laughs) to but you know i have been i have been uh skimming through it and you you bring up the hobosexual oh yes lord yes (laughs) Talk, talk about your advice and guide for uh, women being able to recognize the hobosexual. First, tell folks what that is in case they don't know who it, what it is. Okay. A hobosexual is a man who dates with the intention and ultimate goal of moving into a woman's house. That is his ultimate goal. And um, that's also a dying breed. So me. Oh, good. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> so now what happened is these guys were, you know, handsome dudes you know they were the lovers and you know they break up with one woman they go in and swoon another one and they moving into her house and they moving into the next house and it became a cycle so now these guys are like late 40s 50s and they own nothing Mm. they don't own anything because every time they those relationships ended they left everything behind. I could start over or whatever you know so that's that's what the homosexual culture was like Mm. now we have women um, who are younger, who are getting the bag, as they call it, they're not moving nobody in because they're wise. They've seen what happened to, you know, the other right. women. So they don't move men in as easily, which I don't think that it's a good idea um, for the most part, personally, for so many reasons. Um, I think that people should always have their own and then come together and combine. Facts. Yeah, because the power dynamics are off. And women, you know, women can be kind of a little catty. They get mad at you. out. They want to put you out every week. And that's toxic, <laughs> you know. So it is. So, oh, yeah. She did call out the fellow women. Let me ask you. Let me ask you uh, this question. You know, a huge theme of the book, and it's mm-hmm. even in the title, is safety. Mm-hmm. What is what do you find in your research? from your 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 friends group and your Facebook group the mm-hmm. biggest impediment for women being safe in the dating scene currently 
well, my what I always say is find out what the man has to lose mm. because a man or a person who doesn't have anything to lose can make you lose everything. Mm. So when someone has a good life, you know, a good job or a good relationship with their family, they're not necessarily going to be willing to throw that all away because of a failed relationship. So that's the most important things. People don't take the time to really find out what type of life that person is is living before they get involved with them. And that's the number one thing that I advise women to do when they're, you know, dating and meeting someone, find out what, what he has to lose, you know, find out what type of life. If the dude is sitting around, oh, some men will date just to feel better about themselves. Mm. And that's not a good thing. Like you need to feel good about yourself before you start dating, because then if, if that relationship or situationship doesn't work out, then you, you know, that can, cause so many other problems he can become fatal attraction you know it's so many things that happen with that that's why you got the gun on your thigh hey. in the holster it's like <laughs> listen <laughs> right exactly what is the um what what is the number one question that women come to you with like what what advice are you always giving and then i want to ask you the same thing about the black man what advice are you always giving to black men because i think this book is you know hearing you talk and even skimming through it now my third or sec my second time mm -hmm. i'm like it's it's for women, but the guys can get some out of this too. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> you said the number one thing for women. Yeah, that makes me. Um, well, you know, it's it's interesting. I think that most of the time, women are like, "Well, where do you?" Because I I I am not for online dating right now. Really? Yes. But I, you're talking about the modern black woman. That's right. But the online dating is so oversaturated. All right. So my number one question that I get from women who are single is where do you where they at? That's right. OK, so, so what's your answer? My thing is this um, for older or more mature or people who are dating with intention. There's a difference. Like the 20 something, like my kids, they just they dating, you know, they go on the app. Oh, I'm going to have go out with this today. When you dating with intention, it's a different ball game. Okay. And so you you go into environments and places where someone has similar interests as you. Networking events. If you want to meet someone who is um, an entrepreneur, so you got to know what you're interested in. Yes, that's why self analysis self -analysis is number one. Yes, that's okay. right. And we go through all that at the beginning. Good. And so then you surround yourself and you start going into the environments where those types of people will hang out. I don't know that, and and, and the jury is still out. I don't think that the online dating apps are productive anymore. They're just Ooh, oversaturated. No, she didn't. Talking about the Man, modern it's, it's like fast food. Get... It's a fast food dating. <laughs> like you go in there, I'm going to order me a dude with a locks today. I'm going to go out with him and then I'm going to have a bald one next week. You know, and then people start thinking that people are disposable. Yeah. You're only going to find a handful of compatible mates in your lifetime. That is the reality of it. Mm. Finding compatibility is the most important thing if that's what you're doing. You know, mm. like some people are dating for fun, fun you know, mm. and we talk about that as well. But right now we're talking about people who are dating for intention. So when you date for intention, you're not quick to go just running out with mm. anybody. That's good advice. You know, Because, you know, I call the Detroit dating scene ghetto. Absolutely. I call it outside <laughs> and I call it ghetto. And yeah. I say, it's ghetto outside. I'm, right. I'm really glad that I'm in I'm in the house now. I'm not outside no more. Right. What about men? What do men ask you? Um, what do men ask me? I'm trying to. Is think. it the same question? We're all. Uh, a, yeah, we're you all know, a, we're all the good sisters at, especially black men who want to date black women. 
Black men. I haven't had any questions from men. Okay. I can't think of any right now. Okay. Yeah. I any just, feedback from dudes? Any dudes read oh, the book? I, I get great feedback. What from are that. they saying? They said that I have an archetype chart in there. I don't know if you get to You probably nope, haven't I didn't get to it yet. Okay. So that's like the fun thing. Like I have a, a breakdown of the different types of guys that, you know, you run into in Detroit, which includes the hobosexuals, the incels, the the um sugar daddies, the You um, go to floods and get the sugar daddies. Man. And I, the sugar mamas. Let me let me right? let me let me tell you now, I didn't been a recipient. <laughs> uh, I didn't got some dinners paid for from the sugar mamas at floods. All right. <laughs> yeah, and so yeah, so that's one of the things. I think that the guys read that and they knew a guy that fell into those categories and they just thought it was hilarious. And then they was like, oh, I don't want to be that. And they saw themselves in some of that. Because I think what is surprising to men is that women know a lot of the game or I know a lot of the game that they're putting out there. And now my sister's going to know a lot of the game that the, that they're putting out there because I put it in the book. You putting people on game. <laughs> All right. So... The book has been released. Has it been released yes, already? All right. So where can people get it? You can get Pimpette Chronicles on Amazon. All it right. It's on Amazon. All right. And what can we expect next from Tanishawa? Well, I am currently working on Pimpette Chronicles 2. The working title is Things Your Daddy Should Have Told You. So we're going to get into that and we're going to talk about um, the effects of the absentee father. All right. Can you make a promise on the air right now to come back for an interview when that one is released? Absolutely. I love to Orlando. I've had a blast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right, y'all. If you have any stories or people that you think we should interview, hit us up on our socials at Authentically Detroit on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can email us. You can use our inbox. It's AuthenticallyDetroit at gmail.com. AuthenticallyDetroit at gmail.com. All right, it's time for shout outs. We do this at the end of every episode, Tanisha. So do you have any shout outs? Um, yeah, let's see. I want to shout out to all of my supporters, the Pimpet Chronicles group on Facebook and <laughs> just to everyone in the D and I encourage everyone to check out this book. It is the first dating guide for black women. All right, y'all. I want to shout out uh, once again, my co-host Donna Givens Davidson in her absence. We'll see you uh, next week, Donna. And I want to shout out um, all the young people in Detroit who are not waiting for a baton to be passed to them, but they are figuring it out and taking it by the reins and doing their thing with or without the support of adults. So, Thank y'all so much. Uh, The future is bright when I look at y'all and I look at the work that you are doing. All right. We are going to see you same time next week. But until then, we want you to catch the wave.